All right, would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Holy Spirit, light divine, shine upon our hearts this day and enlighten us with faith and new life. In your name we pray, amen. You know, today's text is the gospel reading. And the story that's related here in John chapter 7 takes place during the feast of Sukkoth. And you, you probably know this is the Old Testament feast of tabernacles. This is one of the feasts, annual feasts, that the Jews were required to come to Jerusalem for. And for seven days, they would remember how their ancestors lived in tents during those 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. And they would remember that by living in tents during that feast. Now, the Feast of Tabernacle usually took place after the fall harvest, at the end of the dry season in Israel. And so one of the, one of the things that they would do during the feast is they would pray for rain, for the next crop. And so as part of the Feast of Tabernacles, there came to be what was called the Living Water Ceremony, and it happened every day. The crowds would come towards the evening sacrifice, and they would fill the temple courts and one of the priests would take a golden pitcher and lead a company of priests down from the temple. And this you see, a, there's a picture taken on the wall out near where it is, to the pool of Siloam. You remember this because Jesus performed one of his miracles at the pool of Siloam when the water was stirred. Remember, they thought the first one in got healed. Well, this is near the temple. And it's, it's a pool that's filled or was filled by a spring water. And the priest would fill that pitcher with water and then he would lead the procession back to the temple and they would arrive as the evening sacrifice was laid on the altar. And the crowds that were gathered there would sing hallelujah. And the priests chanted hosanna, which means God save us now. And the priest would carry the pitcher around the altar one time. And then he would climb the steps up to the top of the altar. And he would pour out the water on the sacrifice. Each day, the crowds grew larger, the singing louder. By the seventh day, it was deafening. And on the seventh day, as the priest returned with that pitcher of water and the sacrifice on the altar, the priest would lead the procession around the altar seven times, reminding them of the seven times that they circled the city of Jericho on the last day. 
And then after the seventh time, as the priest came to the steps to go up to the altar, silence descended over the crowd. We don't know when it happened. It could have been at that moment. But John tells us that on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, Whoever is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. What a moment that had to be. Jesus announcing to one and all, Today in me, he said, God answers your prayer. In other words, I'm the one you've been waiting for. I'm the life you're seeking. I'm the living water. I am the Messiah. I am the Christ of God. To really understand that passage, we need to understand what living water is. See, for the people of Israel, they were, and people in Jerusalem and so forth, there were two kinds of drinking water available to them. One was cistern water. And you see on your screen to the left a little picture of a cistern at Masada. See, this is rain, cistern water was rainwater that was trapped, was in pits that had been dug into the rock and plastered to prevent leakage. It was often dirty because it was the water that was, came down with the rain that came off of rooftops and roads and drained into the cistern. It was often stagnant because it would sit there for days. It was, didn't taste very good perhaps unhealthy. It was an unreliable source of water because some years there wasn't a lot of rain and sometimes the plaster leaked. Living water is running water, moving, like the water coming down these steps in Cincinnati. Living water is what you see in a flowing stream or a river. Living water is water fed from a spring like the pool of Siloam. It was fresh water. It was clean water. It was called living water because of its life-giving qualities. And it was reliable. The springs continued to provide water in rainy years and in dry years. Given the choice, people would always choose living water over cistern water. Now you would think that that same choice would be obvious from a spiritual perspective too. And yet, when I look at my life, when I look at you, when I look at the world around me and I watch the news, I see 
a lot of people who are dehydrating spiritually. If somebody was talking to me this week on the phone and they said, right now people are tense. It's like we are like a pot of hot water sitting on the stove, all it's going to take at any one moment is just a little bit to boil the water over. And people are like that. They're grumbly. They're easily angered, easily set off, testy. You want any proof of that? Just look at the riots on the news. Just look inside your own soul. Somebody said to me this week that one of the, one of the, Drug companies reported that their sales of antidepressants in the last two months have been up 150%. Alcoholism is up. The liquor stores have not been hurting. Abuse is on the ride. Worry and fear and anger are epidemic. Why? Well, for one thing, because a lot of times we drink from cisterns. Instead of God's spring. But it's also because even some of the good places in life have become places where we expect them to give us things that, that really only God can give. And now those things also are running dry. I mean, think about it. Think about all the stuff that has changed. Just a couple months ago, everybody kind of assumed that they'd have a job and it would last. Now they're 40 million unemployed. Used to just kind of assume we could get a break and go out to eat, but still there are people afraid to go out to restaurants. I wonder how many of you have had to cancel trips and vacations. How many of you are having difficulty planning the future, professionally or personally? Suddenly, we find ourselves sucking air rather than drinking water. We find ourselves stagnant and the wells drying up. Folks, there is only one reliable, spiritually refreshing source of living water. And that's Jesus. Jesus said on that feast of Sukkoth, and he says to us today on the day of Pentecost 2020, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. See, I think we forget that sin in our lives acts like a dam. It kind of builds a dam around our lives. And it cuts us off. By our sin, we cut ourselves off from God and from his love. And folks, when we're cut off from God, all those other things aren't going to satisfy, even the good things. Not your marriage, 
Not your job. Not your golf game. Not your friendships. Not your possessions. Apart from God's love, those are dry well. Cisterns of stagnant water. Even the good things cannot offer you what you're looking for. And so that's why God sent Jesus. Sent Jesus into this world to bridge the gap that separates us from God. That's why Jesus went to the cross and suffered and died to tear down the dam, to destroy death. That's why he sent his spirit into this world, opened the floodgates, that first Pentecost, and opened the floodgates in your life and mine at our Pentecost, our personal baptism. Whoever believes in me, Jesus said, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this, John adds this, now this He said about the Spirit, whom those who were to believe in him were to receive. See, with Pentecost, with baptism, in your life and mine, God has opened rivers of living water into your life. Do you remember the story from the wandering in the wilderness when the people of Israel were thirsting and they were complaining? Remember what God did? He said to Moses, Behold, I will send before you there on the rock at Horeb. I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb. And you shall strike the rock. Water shall come out of it. The people will drink. Moses did so. That's what happened. Folks, that's what God does for you and me. That's what he did for us in the rock of ages, in Jesus Christ. That's what he does for you and me in this community, in this congregation, in this place, through Bible study, small group, through holy baptism and holy communion, through our worship services, whether they're traditional or blended or contemporary, through Sunday school and our preschool and our confirmation classes and our youth classes, through our DCEs and our pastors, through your moms and dads and Sunday school teachers, through lay ministers and Stephen ministers and music ministers and, and, and deaconesses and through each other. He opens the floodgates and streams in his love and grace into your life. You know, when we were in... Frankfurt, right through the middle of Frankfurt runs the river Mine. In the late afternoons on the summer and especially on Fridays and weekends, 
People love to sit by the river. And when you're by the beach in Galveston or in Florida or Corpus or down South Padre, I bet many of you like to get up in the morning and walk along the ocean. Why? Because it's refreshing. I know that's part of why we're missing being together here and we're thinking, well, see, this COVID-19, this pandemic has shut down the spigot. It's cut us off from the living water. No, it hasn't. I'm hoping that God is using this to help us appreciate all the things he's given here. Yes, some of which we're missing right now. But if anything, the living water is flowing more than ever. With live stream. Zoom Bible studies and online devotions. God is opening new rivers. It's sort of like, I remember I was with a friend of mine, Jimmy Curtis, on the banks uh, on one, the Texas side of the Red River on a ranch where he worked up there. And we were in this place that looked like a dry riverbed. And I said that to him and he said, well, it is. I said, what happened? He said, well, in the last flood, the river moved and cut a new path. Folks, in times like this, that's what God does. He opens new paths. He makes new rivers flow. And he's doing that in you and me. That's right. When you and I daily refresh besides God's stream, we become one of God's streams for others. He opens a new path through your heart and my heart into the lives of people we know. Think about it. That's what Jesus is promising. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. I want you to think about People of faith in your life who are people who refresh you. When I think of that, I, I think of Pastor David and Ruth Cook. Pastor was our campus pastor, and until he went home to heaven, pastored Linda and I and our family, and even while I was a pastor. I think of Dick Lash, a good friend from Texarkana and from Flower Mound. And I think of the Kirshner family from our vicarage congregation. They were, these were all people who, who, when they came, brought refreshment with them. Why? Well, because they took time every day to be refreshed. See, when we would stay with the cook every morning, David and Ruth, when they gather at the kitchen table for breakfast, they would read scripture, they would pray together, they'd talk about God. Dick Lash, good friend, every morning he reads his paper, he drinks his coffee, he goes for a walk, and he takes time for his devotion. 
The Kirshners, they had us over to eat while we were on Vicarage almost every Sunday. And every Sunday, no one in that family got up from the table until they'd had their devotion. They'd open the portals of prayer. The father would read the assigned scripture. He'd ask them, can you guess where this was? And they'd all try to figure out where the passage was in the scripture. And they prayed together. And they talked and they laughed. Because they daily drew refreshment God and his word. They were a source of refreshment to others. Not about you, but when I don't take time for his word, when I start skipping it, my faith gets stagnant. And I don't have anything left to offer. What a difference, though. What a difference God makes in you and through you when we take time to drink and be refreshed. Because that's when God opens his new path through you and me. It makes us a source of refreshment to others. So that now Jesus, who stood up at the feast of Sukkoth, Jesus, who poured out his spirit on Pentecost, now uses you and me, uses our words and our deeds to say to other people, Jesus, he's the one. He's the answer to your prayer. He's the one you're seeking. He's the life you long for. He's the living water. He's the Messiah, the Christ of God. And through you and through me, Jesus issues his invitation, come and drink. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.